0: Beast Watch News, watching the rising beast of Revelation. What does Trump's Ukraine scandal have to do with Israel? What manipulations are going on to keep the United States in Syria, and for what purpose? How has Iran become Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's excuse for money funneling? What is going on behind the scenes and for what purpose? There are many strange flags waving in the wind and they are all connected in this Beast Watch News report. Let me remind you of what we already know about Benjamin Netanyahu and Donald Trump. It's important to sometimes remind ourselves of the foundation so that we can understand what is currently going on First, they are both longtime friends. Netanyahu had been a friend of Donald Trump's father when Netanyahu lived in New York during the 1980s serving as UN ambassador. So, Netanyahu has known Donald Trump for many decades. Given all that Trump has done for Netanyahu since taking office, it is clear that they are long-time friends and good friends. The news media recently reported Trump had turned a cold shoulder to Netanyahu during Israel's second election over the summer. Let's not jump to that conclusion. Both are adept at manipulation. Trump backing away from public displays of affection for Netanyahu was likely nothing more than taking a different tack rather than a show of Trump's foul temper because the summer election interfered with his deal-of-the-century plans. These kinds of men are very patient and when such a big agenda is at stake and believe me, both men have big agendas at stake and when two men in partnership need each other as much as Netanyahu and Trump to make their agendas happen They adapt. They make contingency plans. They don't give up. Trump is both a secular Christian Zionist as far as evangelicals are concerned and a friend of Kabod if not a convert to Kabod. He has powerful ties with the most prominent and wealthy Jews on earth who all want to see Israel rise to power in the Middle East. I believe there could be competing agendas as well. Trump definitely wants Israel to be the hegemonic dominant power in the Middle East, not Iran. This is why every time he says the U.S. will pull out of Syria, something happens to stop it, like this past week's alleged killing of Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi after which Trump protests but still allows the US military industrial complex to stay in Syria make no mistake Donald Trump is the US commander in chief if he really wanted the US out of Syria the US would be out of Syria Thus, the U.S. stays in the Middle East under Donald Trump's command in order to counter Iran to attempt reducing it to be a fourth world nation with no power at all. I mean, he's not even trying to reduce it to third world status. He just wants it gone. Netanyahu also wants Israel to be a dominant power but not just in the Middle East. He plans to take his Kabbalist agenda around the world. I'm going to show you that right out of the Israeli government press office this past week. He plans to make Jerusalem the capital of the earth. ...as the Bible prophets have said Jerusalem would one day be. Keep these two men and their agendas in mind as you listen to this report. This breaking news article reveals that some people are surprised at just how religious Netanyahu is. The article says, "...Netanyahu has never claimed to be religious." Netanyahu's religious preferences are reported in this article based on the books behind his desk, and you can go read that article, but these books reflect his Kabad faith. Prime Minister Netanyahu, who almost no one suspected to be a religious man, is a religious man. And not just from any old Jewish sect, either. Netanyahu is connected to Kabad. He has stated that he is inspired by Menachem Mendel Schneerson, the Messiah of Kubad Lubavitch. In 1984, Netanyahu met Schneerson for the first time, and many times after that. However, Netanyahu has kept his religious beliefs to himself to prevent anyone discovering his Judaism agenda that drives his lust for power. A change has recently occurred on the earth, not just in Jerusalem and Israel, but on the earth, with the U.S. moving its embassy to Jerusalem the Jews have a new boldness that includes creating an elite Jewishness, a status that discards Reform, Conservative, Messianic Jews and Diaspora Jews. This boldness also reaches into the Christian world where the elite Jews are now making good use of Evangelicals and other Christians' love For Israel to drag them into Noahidism while simultaneously building the Jewish temple and populating Israel with orthodox religious Jews from the diaspora to change that demographic in Israel so that Israel will become a true religious state now that background needed to be repeated because it directly influences what Trump is doing in Ukraine and what Netanyahu is doing in Israel against Iran so let's look first at the Israel-Iran situation Israel has placed its embassies on alert over the Iranian threat and has ramped up its air defenses a series of adjustments were made to IAF air defense systems in light of the fear that Iran might try to carry out an attack using cruise missiles or suicide drones similar to the October attack against Saudi Arabia. Prime Minister Netanyahu said Iran has begun deploying missiles in Yemen in order to strike Israel. And from this map, you can see how this could be a problem. For Israel, but not just for Israel. Saudi Arabia, Jordan, Ethiopia, and even Libya can be reached by these Iranian missiles. And by the way, these are the same nations Yahweh says the King of the North will attack in Daniel 11:40 40 to 45. Iran's Shar 2 missiles can travel 2,000 kilometers more than enough to reach wherever Iran wants. IDF Chief of Staff Lieutenant General Aviv Kokavi and Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu have warned in recent days of the increased threat posed by the Islamic Republic which they say is getting bolder and more willing to respond to Israeli attacks on Iranian and Iranian-backed militias and infrastructure the United States Treasury Secretary Stephen Mnuchin, for his part added that the US is planning more sanctions for Iran in its maximum pressure campaign however Netanyahu is making these claims even though there is a lack of evidence nothing of intelligence supporting this claim and it is unclear if Iran has indeed transferred the Koram Shar-2 missiles to Yemen. According to Reuters, Netanyahu made his allegations, which were short on details, as he hosted a senior U.S. delegation and following days of unusually voluble warnings in Israel, that war could break out with Iran or its allies on more than one front so this raises suspicions that almost no media are investigating is Netanyahu making this claim for a purpose other than his stated one because here is what Netanyahu said now must happen in Israel to counter Iran's latest unproven moves. No one doubts that Iran is a threat to Israel but is it convenient is it a convenient threat at this point? One that will allow Netanyahu to accomplish his Kabbalist dream here is what Netanyahu said warning of the massive costs involved in fending off Iran's increasing belligerence Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu on Monday said that Israel would have to change its priorities and move more resources from civilian purposes to the military Netanyahu did not say where the budget cuts should come from, but said making the moves would require a very broad-shouldered government, calling on Gantz to forge a unity government with a rotational prime ministership. One could argue, as Haaretz has this week, that this is a ploy, rather, to form a unity government with Gantz's party and for Netanyahu to remain in power. So, is this a power ploy to settle the elections issue? Well, possibly, but hang on, because I think there is another hidden place where Netanyahu really intends to put Israel's money I'll tell you about that in a little bit but first let's go to American Thinker there was an article about Israel's election mess in there this week in it is the real reason for Netanyahu's military budget move even though the author may not see this aspect of Israel's problem It has to do with the Jewish Orthodox and ultra-Orthodox attitudes written about in this article that have come to light in the time since the July 2018 enactment of Israel's Jewish state law and which subsequently has caused a synagogue versus state, secular versus religion issue at the heart of this election. The religious issue is stopping both Netanyahu and Gantz from forming coalitions. But there is another way this problem is affecting Jews worldwide. Here is the quote from American Thinker. The attitude of some of the Orthodox rabbis towards the non-Orthodox can be incomprehensible Israel's chief rabbi would not refer to the Pittsburgh synagogue where the massacre occurred last year as a synagogue because it was not orthodox Israel's Ashkenazi chief rabbi David Lau on Sunday condemned the killing of 11 American Jews in the conservative tree of life synagogue, but seemed to equivocate on calling the house of worship a synagogue, instead terming it a place of clear Jewish character, according to the Times of Israel. The secular Israelis are getting fed up with this, says this American Thinker article, Finally, Avigdor Lieberman is standing up to this insanity, but in doing so, he has made a right-wing coalition impossible. However, the religious feel they have a divinely inspired obligation to hold fast. No compromise is possible. Herein lies the true foundation of Netanyahu's agenda and here is where the story gets convoluted so what we know so far is that Netanyahu wants to counter Iran with more military funds than Israel's coffers have so he intends to funnel money from the civil sector to creating a larger military and we know that Kabad to whom Netanyahu belongs has in recent months and years displayed, openly displayed a desire for Jerusalem to rule the earth they make no bones about that even though Trump appears to want to keep Jerusalem as a Middle East only power so we have two different agendas going on for Jerusalem now here comes the unseen agenda. One that was just announced this past Sunday. Beastwatch News is not a member of the Israeli GPO, but does receive all of their emails sent to journalists. I had to go meet with the GPO in order to even be able to receive those emails, and so for years I have received them. Here is a GPO email with a hint of Netanyahu's latest agenda in it. It says, this is an excerpt from PM Netanyahu's remarks to the Jewish Agency Board of Governors at the Menachem Begin Heritage Center in Jerusalem where he says, the only way to secure the Jewish future... The necessary condition for securing the Jewish future is to secure the future of the Jewish state. The Jewish state, he says, I believe, has responsibility for the Jewish communities around the world. I have just been appointed Minister of Diaspora Affairs yesterday now he's making this statement on Monday so on Sunday he was appointed Minister of Diaspora Affairs the government approved it without debate I intend to pass money from that office to the purpose of protecting Jewish communities from the rising scourge of violent anti-semitism and therefore that money will pass and it's overdue but we have obviously other challenges to battle the spirit, if that's what it could be called, the evil spirit of anti-Semitism, to encourage and to demand from governments worldwide to fight it, to cooperate with them in fighting it, to foster the Hebrew language, the identity, Jewish identity, the connection to Israel, which I believe is vital, as I said, for securing the Jewish future. But if you remove the state of Israel, there is no Jewish future. So you need to know that Netanyahu's appointment as diaspora minister was a self-appointment. He got himself appointed as diaspora minister. He requested that and his government voted in favor of it so he is the now new diaspora minister and he wants to use this new position as Minister of Diaspora Affairs to protect Jewish communities abroad that are threatened by anti-semitism but there is a problem lack of funding there have been financial problems in this Jewish agency whose mandate is outreach to Jews in the diaspora so now here comes the Iran connection let's take a look from the same GPO email he says Iran wants to develop nuclear weapons so now we've just switched from him being diaspora minister to Iran. How is that connected? Why is that? Why are they together in this same email? Why didn't he just have this put out as two separate emails? Because he's going to tell you something, or maybe he's not going to tell you, but I'm going to tell you something. He says Iran wants to develop nuclear we- weapons. It is transgressing on its agreement and commitment. Iran wants to develop precision guided missiles that can hit any target in Israel within 5 to 10 meters wait a minute he just said in the news that Iran already has positioned missiles that can do that hint, hint and he goes on to say it, Iran, is doing that Iran wants to use Iran, Iraq, Syria, Lebanon and Yemen as bases to attack Israel with statistical missiles and precision-guided missiles, that is a great, great danger. To ward off this danger, we have to do two things. First, we must unite, because in the face of danger, we unite. We unite and elect Netanyahu for another term in the next round of elections that Israel seems to be hurtling toward. He also says further, this is not a spin. This is not a line. Well, yes, it probably is, Netanyahu. But he says this is a real thing that is happening as the power balance in the Middle East changes. We must be strong. And to be strong, we need to have a, be united rather as a people. United in spirit united in our quest to secure the future of the Jewish state and the Jewish people united as a religious people is what I believe he means here, what he is alluding here and he says, but to be strong, you have to be strong militarily and to be strong militarily, we have to shift now money from the civilian areas to the military areas that is very hard to do you can do it in a time of crisis when things happen that everybody can see or you can do it in anticipation of avoiding a crisis and that requires a very broad-shouldered government that's what we need today he said we will have to change our priorities now because the first thing we must do is ensure the security and safety of the Jewish state it is well within our powers we have the ingenuity we've already developed what we need offensive and defensive weapons change the priorities from public sector funds for Israeli citizens to the military for protection from Iran but wait His remarks began with his appointment of Diaspora Affairs Minister. Could he be using the Iran threat to help the mission of the Diaspora Affairs Ministry? Could it really be that Netanyahu intends to funnel the money away from Israel's civil budget and into funding Kabad's agenda for the Diaspora instead? Passing up at least partially funding the military this is important when we understand who the diaspora affairs ministry really wants to target in the nation more on that in a minute he goes on to say we need a lot We enjoy the friendship of the United States and the solid alliance, but always we remember the principle that I enunciate time and time again during every year as my tenure as Prime Minister, Israel must be able to defend itself, by itself, against any threat. And this now requires a national commitment, a broad-based national commitment to arm the state of Israel so that we can defend ourselves by ourselves against any threat. Now, Netanyahu says they need a lot. And this could be where there begins a link between Trump's Ukraine scandal and Netanyahu's new outreach to the diaspora Jews and also did you notice how many times Netanyahu mentioned securing the Jewish state not the state of Israel it's not the state of Israel any longer it's the Jewish state folks there is a big difference in sentiment from Israel now they are not one nation among many anymore they are the one and only unique and distinct from all other nations Jewish state and the Jewish state is a state with an agenda so where does Chabad fit into this well in this article titled why is Rudy Giuliani close with this Hasidic Ukrainian rabbi we learn that there is a deeper connection between the Trump White House to Kabad than has been revealed and it involves Ukraine Rudy Giuliani enjoyed a cigar in Paris with Moshe Osman a Hasidic rabbi this week not just a Hasidic rabbi as we'll see in a moment J. Post says the meeting between Giuliani and Osman a high profile and well connected figure in Ukraine has fueled speculation among some in this capital city that Giuliani and his colleagues were using the rabbi to provide cover for their Ukrainian lobbying activities I believe they are covering up something else much more sinister than what the press understands, but let's get back to the article. Adding to the intrigue is that the Giuliani-Osman meeting seems to have been arranged by Lev Parnas and Igor Fruman, the Jewish Giuliani associates who have been linked to Giuliani and Trump's Ukrainian lobbying efforts. Parnas and Fruman were arrested at the Washington area Dulles International Airport earlier this month on campaign finance charges stemming from their efforts to funnel foreign money to American political candidates. Well are they really funneling money to political candidates only or does part of this scandal involve Kabod interests in bringing more diaspora Jews to Israel which also requires funneling money and herein lies a little complication that we need to think about Kabod is not interested in just any Jews no they want and are targeting orthodox and ultra-orthodox Jews why is this important? it is because of the the election results Kabbalist Netanyahu and his friends need a religious majority in Israel if Israel is to become a religious Jewish state so Giuliani met the Kabbad Rabbi Moshe Reuven Osman just when plans are being made by Trump and Netanyahu to fix the power problem going on in Israel Trump got Kushner involved this week and Kushner is reported to have called for Netanyahu and Gantz to form a coalition there is timing to this calling for a coalition Netanyahu becoming diaspora affairs minister Giuliani meeting with a Ukraine Kabad rabbi and Netanyahu announcing that he intends to move money around in Israel Osman has experience working with Russian diaspora Jews connecting them to Israel and helping them make Aliyah his election as chief rabbi of Ukraine according to this Wikipedia article Um, His election as chief rabbi of Ukraine by the delegates of the All-Ukrainian Jewish Congress and the United Jewish Community of Ukraine, both headed by wealthy Ukrainian Jewish businessmen, was fought by other Kabod rabbis, not because he wasn't a member of Kabod, but because they wanted another Kabod rabbi as chief rabbi of Ukraine the controversy surrounding his election was political not religious nonetheless Osman is the man the chief kabod rabbi of Ukraine and there is a reason Giuliani is meeting with him on behalf of Trump the press has made this meeting all about the Biden Ukraine scandal they are missing the prophetic point this Beastwatch News article discusses the scandal at its start. This was a few weeks ago in Beastwatch News. I'm going to quote myself here. "While Ukraine gate was going on, Trump was whipping up war energy against Iran. Here is where the Israeli election mess, Ukraine gate and Iran, converge. The U.S. and Israel may be planning a war with Iran to keep Benjamin Netanyahu in power in Israel if he can't make a governing coalition in the Knesset. Trump also called on the international community to stand up to Iran. It sounds like Trump is preparing for something bigger than what is already happening in the Middle East. What could be bigger... Then standing up to Iran causing the rise of mystery Babylon This Ukraine scandal is providing great cover for Trump's and Netanyahu's other activities aimed at empowering Jerusalem. Trump wants the Ukraine firmly in his pocket for two reasons. First, there is a lot of money there Ukraine is to Europe what Syria is to the Middle East one massive oil distribution hub control that control everything it's all about the money folks and a possible reason for getting to the money is to fund the building of the Jewish temple and to cause or Orthodox and Ultra Orthodox Jews in the diaspora to make Aliyah. Earlier this month, JTA, that's the Jewish Telegraph Agency, I believe, reported that Parnas and Fruman, friends of Trump, had given a donation to an affiliate of the National Council of Young Israel, an Orthodox Synagogue Association, upon participating in a young Israel affiliated trip to Israel and the West Bank BuzzFeed reported that the size of that donation was $25,000 not much money when you think about it but young Israel later honored Parnas and Fruman at its March 2019 annual gala and as I said earlier Parnas and Fruman have been arrested on charges of funneling foreign money to candidates in federal and state elections according to a newly unsealed indictment. Also, Parnas and Fruman have both been recognized for their involvement in Jewish charities and causes in the U.S., Ukraine, and Israel. Fruman and Parnas are also both on the board of a Ukrainian Jewish charity called Friends of Anatevka, founded by Ukrainian Rabbi Moshe-Reuven Osman to provide a refuge for Jews affected by the Russian military intervention in Ukraine Uh Uh-oh Lev Parnas is a Jew Igor Fruman is a Jew They are Russian Jews The pair, again, were honored by the Orthodox Jewish National Council of Young Israel last March 31st Now, can you see What is going on behind the scenes by both Trump and Netanyahu? The Ukraine scandal is cover for getting to money flowing like oil through Ukraine to help fund the rise of Jerusalem to the status of Mystery Babylon. Netanyahu's surreptitious plan to increase Israel's military is a cover for funneling money to Kabbad worldwide to change the religious demographic in Israel. Both of these funnels will also provide funds for the building of the Jewish temple. Parnas and Fruman are close friends of Trump. According to USA Today, Fruman and Parnas were photographed with Trump at an eight-person White House dinner. That's pretty intimate setting for a White House dinner, don't you think? They were photographed with Donald Trump Jr. at a breakfast in Beverly Hills, California. They met then-Representative Pete Sessions of Texas at a fundraising event sponsored by America First and committed to raising $20,000 for him. They then solicited his help getting Marie Yavanovich, the U.S. ambassador to Ukraine, fired. And then Sessions wrote Secretary of State Mike Pompeo seeking her dismissal these are men with clout because of their association with Trump and now they are involved in the possible funneling of money to Israel Ukraine and Syria with their sole distribution hubs their oil distribution hubs look like two trees with money on them Money that can be funneled to Israel for the purpose of helping change Israel from a secular state to a religious one and building the Jewish temple now here is a short explanation of why once again the US will have to I put in quotes stay in Syria like Obama before him Trump seems to always find a way to keep the US military in Syria why? because the US and US oil corporations need control of the Syrian distribution hub here is an article from WCYB commenting on the killing of Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi Pivoting from the dramatic killing of the Islamic State Group's leader, the Pentagon is increasing U.S. efforts to protect Syria's oil fields from the extremist group, as well as from Syria itself and the country's Russian allies. It's a new high-stakes mission, even as American troops are withdrawn from other parts of the country. Defense Secretary Mark Esper says the military's oil field mission also will ensure income for Syrian Kurds who are counted on by Washington to continue guarding Islamic State prisoners and helping American forces combat remnants of the group, even as President Donald Trump continues to insist and all U.S. troops will come home. And my comment about that is that that's Trump playing the part of the good cop protesting even as he allows the status quo to remain and even finds a way to make the status quo continue by killing Abu Bakir al-Baghdadi now the US is once again indispensable in Syria that was way too convenient and too is easy the US has known for years where al-Baghdadi lived He could have been gone years ago. But Trump needed another excuse to keep the U.S. in Syria. The excuse is to guard Syria's oil fields and the Kurds upon whom the U.S. depends in combat. But Trump had to prove the U.S. is needed in Syria, so he killed Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi. It's all about A spoil according to the prophet Ezekiel in chapter 38 verses 11 and 12 and you shall say I will go up to the land of unwalled villages I will go to them that are at rest that dwell safely all of them dwelling without walls and having neither bars or gates to take a spoil ...and to take a prey, to turn your hand upon the desolate places that are now inhabited... ...and upon the people that are gathered out of the nations which have gotten cattle and goods... ...that dwell in the midst of the land. What is the spoil? Well, many things likely, but among the spoil will also be the oil. Now, the U.S. doesn't need to wait to get hold of Israel's Golan oil... Trump's buddies have already made a deal for that. No, the reason the people will ask if Gog has come for the spoil is because they will have witnessed how the U.S. continues to go after and maintain control of the Middle East's oil. Another thing, why did they have to bury al-Baghdadi's remains at sea like Obama with bin Laden? He was accused of covering up something in regard to Bin Laden, right? Well, now we have another story of someone blown to bits in a tunnel who needs burying? Was there even enough to bury? The pieces do not fit, folks. Yep, we're just supposed to believe the liars. So far we have Netanyahu claiming he needs to funnel funds between the Israeli agencies because of Iranian threats and now we see the connection between Ukraine with its current scandal and Kabad's Israel agenda and we now know why the U.S. will now manage to stay in Syria which is to guard Syria's oil and the Kurds. By the way, one of Gog's traits is being a guard, according to Ezekiel thirty-eight seven. Now, here is another of Jerusalem Mystery Babylon's agenda Again, it came in an email from the GPO. Here's what it says In a historic first, all of the monotheistic religions signed document dedicated to the value of life communicated by the chief rabbinate spokesperson At a historic meeting held today, Monday 28 October 2019, at Vatican City, representatives of the Chief Rabbinate, along with the heads of the major faiths, signed a historic and preliminary document calling on doctors around the world not to assist in killing people even if they are terminal patients. ...to promote a reciprocal understanding and synergies of different approaches between the monotheistic religious traditions and secular ethics concerning beliefs, values, and practices relevant to the dying patient. The email goes on to explain the reason for the three monotheistic religions to join together against euthanasia, but it continues saying... The signing ceremony for the historic declaration was held at Vatican City in Rome. A Chief Rabbinate Delegation led by Supreme Rabbinical Council members Rabbi Ratzon Arosi and Rabbi Eliezer Simka together with Professor Steinberg, a representative of the Chief Rabbinate to the Interfaith Conference that initiated the writing of the Declaration Chief Rabbinate Director General Rabbi Moshe Dagan Oded Weiner, and Rabbi David Rosen traveled at the behest of the chief rabbis of Israel to the Vatican in order to sign the historic declaration. The fact that world leaders go to the Vatican for inter-religious dialogues is one reason many believe Rome is mystery Babylon. It still appears Rome is in power over the earth, right? This is appearances only. Rome is no longer in power. Rome no longer has the power to make kings, and has not had for centuries. What men do on the earth is their business, but Yahweh's business is and always has been Jerusalem. So, speaking of covers, as we are today these people continuing to go to the Vatican provides cover for Jerusalem's real agenda to rise to the same kind of power over all the nations as the Vatican has had. And remember, this Pope believes he will be the last Pope. Why do you think he believes this? Could it not be that the New World Order has had this rise Of Jerusalem planned for a very long time. Here though is what I want you to see about the rise of Mystery Babylon from this GPO email. There is just a hint of it at the end of this GPO email so let me continue reading these uh, last three paragraphs. Following the reading of the main points of the declaration and the chief rabbis' letters, representatives of the participating religions spoke. The first speaker was Chief Rabbinate Council member and Chief Rabbi of the City of Kiryat Ono, Rabbi Ratzon Arusi, who all chaired the Chief Rabbinate, who also, I guess, chaired the Chief Rabbinate delegation. He referred to the great importance of the declaration and noted that it was signed by representatives of all the world's faiths. Now, who was there? Jews, Christians, and Muslims, okay? They're not representatives of all the world's faiths. Let's just understand that part. This is a historic day, he said, in which representatives of all faiths sign a statement calling for the saving of life its dissemination around the world will bring peace and we will live together the sanctity of life is an important value in Judaism happy is man that was created in the image of God and his life is determined by God The representatives of the chief rabbinate signed the declaration as it was formulated by Professor Steinberg who serves as the Pontifical Academy for Life and as a representative of the chief rabbinate for interfaith dialogue together with representatives of the other faiths. Again, they're only talking about the three monotheistic faiths. They're not talking about all of the faiths on the earth the declaration details the importance of life for all persons who were created in the divine image and notes that the value of life is a supreme value for all of the participants all of the participating faiths excuse me after the signing the document was presented to Pope Francis by the committee members and by Chief Rabbinate Director General Rabbi Moshe Dagan, who represented the who rather presented the pontiff with a gift on behalf of the chief rabbinate, an engraving of the wall western wall in Jerusalem. I could talk about that, but I think you get the hint about the chief rabbi giving Pope Francis an engraving of the Western Wall. There's a symbolism there. Chief rabbinate council member Rabbi Eliezer Simcha Weiss thanked the representatives of the other faiths for their participation and for the important call and said that this was an historic and important day he noted that this week's Sabbath Torah portion was Noah which the nations of the world are commanded to observe the seven precepts of Noah including the precept to preserve life and said that by this joint declaration we are helping to keep this precept by the believers of all faiths and there it is the continued push for all nations to submit to the Jewish state as Noahides everything that happens like this will now be used by the Jews to push this agenda the GPO was careful to mention the representatives of the world's faiths and that this week's Torah portion, Noah, timing is a portent to the other faiths possibly merging with or becoming subject to Judaism, not Catholicism No, Rabbi Weiss didn't say this explicitly Rather, his sentiment was simply implied with just the mention of the representatives of the world's faiths and the Noah Torah portion. Events happening with the mother-daughter nations, Israel and America, respectively, are beyond the scope of politics you're not going to understand what's happening just from reading the news Israel and America are fulfilling Bible prophecy the Jewish agenda continues with the help of President Donald Trump and the machinations of Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu Jerusalem is not yet mystery Babylon. She is still undergoing the process by these two men who Yahweh has anointed for this purpose and all for His glory. That's it for this Beast Watch News update. This is Kimberly Rogers Brown signing off. Click over to BeastWatchNews.com for full comprehensive coverage of all the headlines fulfilling end of day's Bible prophecy.